WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Concluding another busy week here at WNRI. Monday, uh, Dick Bouchard had his... Uh, his turn at the microphone. Tuesday, we uh, had a nice interview with Sheldon Whitehouse, United States Senator. Wednesday, uh, James Kenoyer presenting his credentials uh, to be reelected to the Woonsocket City Council. Yesterday, Chris Boulay joined us, and uh, we talked about business and uh, commerce and finance. And uh, today, we'll be uh, chatting with uh, Bob Martin on our live line, and our guest today... Um, from the uh, Meet the Candidates uh, that WNRI has been running. We're going to get to all of them eventually. Today, the former mayor of uh, Central Falls will be with us. And he's running for general treasurer, James Diosa. And, um, and we'll chat with him about why you should vote for him for general treasurer instead of, quote-unquote, the other guys, right? <laughs> right. Uh, time for us on Fridays, as we usually do, to uh, chat the real estate a little bit. And we're going to check in with Bob Martin from uh, Crossroads Real Estate Group at 329 Park Avenue. Are you there, Mr. Martin? I am, Roger. Nice to have you along on this Friday morning. And are you ready for your real estate question of the week? No, I sincerely hope so. All right. Uh, this is one that... Um, that's um, a newsy question, and I think a lot of people would like the answer to it. We've heard on the news that prices of housing and the, uh, and the sale price of houses are dropping. And, uh, and we, according to the person, they've been looking to buy a house. And here is the real estate question. Should we wait and buy a house? <laughs> that's a short answer. Short question. Should we uh, wait and buy the house? <laughs> well, let me let's go back a step. Uh, yes, prices are. You know, I heard of one of these sensational articles in the on the news the other day. And national news prices are dropping and whatnot. <clears throat> what? What? Quite honestly, this is all my opinion. Uh, although I think it's relevant. What we're finding is the drop in, in housing that uh, we're seeing are in homes that. Uh, let's say we would normally say your home is worth four hundred. They say, "Well, you know, with the market, let me put it at four hundred fifty thousand to see if I can catch someone that wants it." Those are the ones that we're seeing more than ever price reduction. Not so much in houses that were properly priced to begin with. Um, so, um, do I? think we're in for, you know, the balloon bursting. No. At worst, and I don't even think it'll be that if we're talking about a soft landing, um, I think prices are, are somewhat stable. Yes, compared to this time last year, uh, <clears throat> I guess the best way I can put it is the frenzy is over. Um, inventories are very slowly building. Uh, we are returning to normalcy, and that will take a few more months. But as I've mentioned a few times on your program, Raj, um, a, a balanced market between buyer and seller is to have a six-month inventory of a property. For the past, let's say, two years, it's been well under one month. We're probably at a month, a month and a half right now. So that um, if someone is now looking at a home, um, that um, urgency to say, well, there, there are no others to look at, that's slowly kind of falling by the wayside and they're saying, you know, there might be two or three other homes that I'm looking at. Uh, so from that perspective, uh, I think they, a buyer can, can have a little bit more choice. Uh, I don't believe uh, prices are going to rise anywhere rapidly. But the other factor in this also is that um, you and I have been around long enough to know that a five, five and a half percent mortgage rate is darn good. Uh, but if you've been in the market for the first time in the last two years, uh, oh, you mean I can't get a 3% rate anymore? Um, I've been at it for almost 39 years, Raj, and until rates plummeted like they did in the last few years, I had never seen it. I never thought I would see it, and I don't expect to see rates that low again in my lifetime. So, you know, if, if someone finds a home, first of all, if they've got a home to sell, 
and I've said this before, it's a lateral move. If you think your house is going to sell a top dollar and you're going to buy it below market, it doesn't happen. So uh, if you wait for prices to come down, if in fact they do, the price of your house will be less. But for the first time home buyer, um, I think homes are still reasonably priced. Uh, if they can afford the payment, it's a 30-year fixed rate. They always have the ability to remortgage. Should I be wrong or other people and rates drop? But that payment, other than for taxes and insurance, will never change. But their income will change over time. So it's still a great investment. Uh, it is a good time, I think, to purchase. Um, and again, where we're seeing these reductions is where um, these homes were priced with the assumption that someone would come in and, and pay, well, I don't want to say a crazy price, but more than the normal consumer. And now they're saying, you know, and I think, you know, it, I, I may not get that. And I think a good indication of that is the vast majority of these homes um, that are being reduced have been on the market for, you know, maybe 100 days, 80 days. It's not like they went on the market and would, would be selling in one or two days or when they don't sell for one or two days, people say, let's drop the prices. So, again, the majority are homes that were overpriced to begin with and that people chose not to purchase. And now those sellers are realizing the party may be over and I may as well put my home uh, at a realistic price. So to answer his question, yeah, I would stay in the market. Um, I would I would look for homes. Does he, you know, if he, he will now have the ability, most probably, to look at a number of houses. And, you know, he could put an offer in. But, you know, do I think prices are plummeting? And if he waits six months, he's going to save himself $20,000? No, he won't. Because the other uh, the other factor in this is that rates will probably continue to rise to some degree. They're not going to go through the roof. But he may wait. And, and let's say he could save $10,000. Well, if rates are another half a percent higher, that mortgage payment is going to be equal to what he's going to pay for now. So I find most people are concerned when they purchase a home. Uh, is what is the mortgage payment going to be, and can I afford it, and um, can I, you know, sustain that over time, and is this the home I want to live in? So my advice is, yes, continue to search. It's still a good time to sell. still a good time to buy. And uh, I think that um, we are not in for any type of radical changes in real estate. Oh, that was a pretty good answer, Mr. Uh, real Estate Veteran. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, you've got the experience, that's for sure. Hey, Bob, thank you so much for uh, answering our question on whether uh, somebody who's looking to buy should wait or not. And uh, we'll chat next uh, next Friday morning, both the same time, okay? Thank you. Okay, Rod. All right, that's all right. bye-bye. Bob Martin, Crossroads Real Estate Group, 329 Park Avenue in Woonsocket. And if you want to speak to uh, Bob personally, you can at 766 7545, and you'll find Bob Martin at extension 111. All right, a few ads, and then we'll uh, talk to uh, James Diosa. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak. Filet mignon or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All job right. Charlie's Tire and Service Center in Bellingham is the go-to shop for all your tire and mechanical needs. Serving Bellingham, Franklin, Blackstone, and nearby communities for well over 40 years. We specialize in tires, wheel alignments, and general auto maintenance and repair. South Main Street at Route 126 in Bellingham. Open Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 5, Saturdays till noon. Stop in and talk to our service manager at Charlie's Tire and Service Center. Call us at 508-883-1211 and make an appointment. You can check us out on Facebook. Book two. 
Kay Akasher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kay Akasher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kay Akasher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having Having all the right answers. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, welcome back to another segment of the Upfront program for this Friday. Busy week uh, as we continue to interview the candidates. My easiest interview this week, though, was uh, Sheldon Whitehouse when he came in because he isn't running. So, um, as he explained, I'm not under any pressure, Roger. <laughs> I've got years before my next election. So, anyway, we had a good time with him. The ones who are under a little, little pressure are those who are uh, facing uh, the ballot box either in November or in September. Our guest today uh, is in a... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to quote Catherine Gregg of the Province Journal. Uh, here's her headline. Take away from the latest... Rhode Island Treasurer poll. Candidates neck and neck, but most uh, voters undecided. We'll ask James DeOsser about that in a few seconds. Uh, but anyway, we continue our Meet the Candidates. We've already talked to Stephen Pryor a few weeks uh, back and uh, found out what he's all about. And for those who are, are wondering about this general treasurer race in Rhode Island, it's not as complicated as the governor's race, I can tell you that. Uh, we have two candidates who are Democrats uh, facing each other in the primary, Stephen Pryor and um, James DeAssa. And then in the November election, uh, either James or Stephen will face uh, a guy by the name of James Lathrop. Uh, he's a South Kingstown uh, accountant, and uh, he's uh, the Republican, and he'll be on the ballot. And so uh, we'll find out. Uh, there is one of these three people will become your general treasurer in the state of Rhode Island. How are you doing, James? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Happy to be back and, and back in one socket. Nice to have you back again, too. We've uh, had uh, James in various capacities over the years. And uh, so we start with the easy questions, first of all, because... We uh, realize that uh, a lot of people are uh, new to Rhode Island or, or really don't know much about uh, the candidates. So I was wondering if you could give us a quick biographical sketch of who is this guy, James Diosa. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again. And uh, my name is James Diosa, former mayor of Central Falls. I served uh, in that capacity for eight years. Uh, three years previous to that uh, as a city council member. I have a beautiful wife. Her name is Sandra. We have a beautiful daughter who's going to turn three next week. And uh, my family uh, migrated over from Colombia in South uh, South America and, you know, landed in Rhode Island due to the big boom in manufacturing, settled in Central Falls where they were able to purchase a home, uh, get their jobs, provide for me and my, my brothers who were born and raised in Central Falls, we went through the public school systems, and within a generation, I was able to go to college and graduate and become the first, uh, the, uh, become mayor of the city of Central Falls. And so, for my dad specifically, I think that's a very proud moment. And uh, after college, I decided uh, to enter for Sheldon Whitehouse, and and in one of those moments, uh, we were cutting out newspaper articles on the senator, and I came across that the elections were opening up in Central Falls, and so I decided to run for city council at the age of 23 and was fortunate enough to take out an incumbent by 17 votes. Fast forward, the city files for bankruptcy. Um, the city hits rock bottom. The mayor gets indicted on corruption charges, opens up a seat. Uh, I decided to run in a five-way. was fortunate enough to get 60% of the vote in the primary and... to boost up pride uh, and excited uh, about this new venture of running for uh, state treasurer where I've been able to uh, not only use the leadership experience as a elected official or chief executive officer, but also the fact that 
you know, during my time as mayor, I interacted with this office uh, on numerous occasions, moving projects forward, such as laying the groundwork for a new high school, using the Rhode Island Infrastructure Bank for infrastructure projects in the city, but more importantly, the pensions. Pensions are critical not only for the memberships, the retirees, but the taxpayers, and I want to be the best steward for that fund. All right, there's a little bit of background on James Diosa. And uh, we are going to um, do the easy, uh, easier part, first of all. Um, and you mentioned uh, the pension fund. That came up, I guess it was a week ago today that you had the debate, uh, right? Yes. Um, right, and uh, the pension fund uh, came up then. And um, I think that um, viewers of uh, that uh, debate and listeners of our radio program here will see that um, James Diosa has a different view on how to do that than uh, his opponent. So managing the pension fund. Uh, a lot of us uh, in Rhode Island are feeling the pinch of inflation and are worried about our financial future, whether it's the Rhode Island Pension Fund or whether it's our own, <laughs> our own pension. How are you going to do that? How are you going to make it better? Look, uh, I... I I, I witnessed firsthand um, when I was on the city council and the city was in bankruptcy and due to poor management of the fund and of the city, I saw retirees get cut 50%. Um, and that was devastating because, you know, these are people who plan their future around this retirement and uh, all of a sudden upended uh, because of the decision of a court to cut them 50%. And these were people who served our city in different capacities, whether the fire, police department. Uh, it was a terrible moment for our, our city. And I learned uh, very quickly uh, that we have to do a better job and no longer make the mistakes of the past. And so that's why I decided to work with now Treasurer Magaziner to move our pension system uh, into the state system uh, before I left office. And I think that's one of the best decisions that I made as a mayor because it not only uh, gets uh, invested with the larger pool of money, but it has the experts and the resources so that the pension fund is managed even better than what it would, what it would be in, at the local level. And I think that's uh, uh, good for the retirees who can uh, ensure that their money is going to be there, the members who are planning their retirement. Uh, but also the taxpayers because it protects them in the long run. So I, I, I've evaluated very well the current strategy of Seth Magazine, which is his back to the basics, very conservative investing. And I want to continue that course. And yes, you're right. The markets are a little bumpy at the moment. But I think we should not drive our investment strategy based on headlines. And so what I'm going to do is, um, uh, if I am elected by the people of Rhode Island, I want to continue that strategy. But also, uh, I want to ensure that, you know, the State Investment Commission and the Chief Executive, uh, the Chief Investment Officer are very aware that, of where we're going. And if we have to revisit the strategy, I will. But I want to continue on a path of a very conservative investment so that, uh, you know, we can stay on target of 2030, 2031, so that the COLAs can come back for our retirees. Uh, but in the meantime... Uh, I, I would like to explore the option of providing our retirees a stipend uh, in the first year because uh, I came across two couples uh, uh, a few weeks ago and they are retirees of a school system and they're on food stamps because they can't afford uh, the high cost of inflation at the moment. And that's very sad, Roger. You know, these people gave their lives in service for us and our children and they should not have to live that type of life. And so that's my main focus, uh, ensuring good quality life for the retirees, the members, and more importantly, the taxpayers as well. At the debate uh, last Friday, uh, your opponent was uh, basically saying Central Smalls pension, small potatoes, can uh, can, uh, when you uh, compare it to the state's pension plan and uh, something like uh, you're not qualified to manage that big of a pension system. How do you how do you relate to uh, Mr. Pryor's criticism yeah. of you? Uh, he's a he's an interesting uh, individual. He's never managed pensions, right? Mm -hmm. He's never been a chief executive officer. He's always been an appointed official. Uh, he's had to take uh, orders from others. You know, I I was the person where the buck stopped, and so I had to make the tough decisions every single day. 
manage budgets, uh, deal with issues of, of, of a city like Central Falls every single day, manage personnel, uh, manage the pensions. Again, it's a very different experience. Now, he, he says he's managed billions of dollars, but again, his job was different. He, you know, being Commerce Secretary, he gives out money. Uh, that's what he does, gives out money to learn businesses. I have to manage and protect taxpayer money. So a very different experience. Uh, one that I believe qualifies me for this position, uh, but more importantly, outside of looking at this pension for what it, uh, for what it is as numbers and do- dollars and data, I see people. I see people who are counting on this money. I see people who are depending on this money, and these are my neighbors. These are my uh, friends. And as a you know a lifelong Rhode Islander, being born and raised in Central Falls. I want to see people be able to retire with great quality of life in Rhode Island. And that's been my purpose, my focus. And I want to serve in a very honorable, ethical, uh, transparent way for that for the people of Rhode Island. Everybody's uh, talking about this Tidewater deal. Uh, it was a week ago today in Pawtucket uh, that the mayor and the governor was out there. And, and uh, so anyway, uh, we've um, allocated all this uh, money through the Commerce Department to uh, the building of the stadium and some of the other things. My question is, I know you're running for general treasurer, so my question is, is there any tie-in between the financing of Tidewater and the new general treasurer who comes into office, whether it be you or uh, one of the other two? Is there there a tie-in or is this money for Tidewater completely separate and the general treasurer's office is going to go on its merry way and not even have to be concerned whether it's successful or not? Yeah, I was mayor when we lost the Paw Sox and it had a devastating impact on the Blackstone Valley. Again, baseball um, uh, games at McCoy were an attraction and it was affordable for our families. Uh, where they could go enjoy a good game and, and good food at a reasonable price and free parking, which is uh, uh, another piece that made it very affordable. And so when the Blackstone Valley lost the Paw Sox, it was, it was devastating. And this type of investment doesn't come to the Blackstone Valley very often. And so that's why I've been very supportive because um, I, I don't recall in the last 20 years seeing this type of investment happened in the Blackstone Valley, and there's so much going on uh, in Pawtucket, Central Falls, Cumberland, Lincoln, uh, even here in Woonsocket. This, this, you know, the new Pawtucket Central Falls train station opening up. There's a lot of investment happen, happening in that area with economic development, and so this project, uh, I think, is is just a, a, a good piece to what's happening in the Blackstone Valley, and again, I think it's going to be very successful. Uh, soccer is growing in popularity in the United States. The World Cup, which you know is a very big deal, is coming back to the United States in 2026. So we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of investments happening because of, of this sport growing. And I think what what's going to make this project successful is the component of uh, of housing, uh, commercial space, and all the activity that comes with uh, uh, with the stadium as well. And so this is a good, I think, a good project. Uh, for the Blackstone Valley, Pawtucket, and for the state uh, 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 as a whole, uh, the, tre- the treasurer's office is 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 uh, has nothing to do with the investments of a stadium. Uh, I, I would go as far as to say that um, you know I have no plans of of even considering anything like that. Um, I'm just going to stick to my strategy of maintaining the basics and ensuring that our pension is healthy that our programs are being managed correctly uh, and handled correctly and giving service to the people of Rhode Island. If you're just joining us, uh, James uh, Diosa is our visitor today and uh, general treasurer race that we're uh, talking about. And, um, you know, when Seth uh, Magazina visited with us, um, he's, you know, started, well, he'd come, you know, like maybe once every nine months and so forth. As he was getting more mature in his term, um, more and more he started talking about state investments in uh, political, um, shall we say, politically charged environments, Um, you know, whether it be uh, guns, uh, you know, investments, uh, firearm investments, or whether it be uh, 
uh, some other type of thing. My question is, um, how, how, what's your take on, on this? Is the General Treasurer's Office simply to get the best performance for your Rhode Island uh, taxpayers and, and your Rhode Island residents? Or can you uh, integrate a little bit of, uh, of politics uh, into it? And, and does the General Treasurer have any business doing that? Yeah, I've been very aware and following um, the actions of uh, Treasurer Magaziner. Um, uh, ultimately, my fiduciary responsibility is to the pensioners, the members of the pension fund, uh, in doing what's correct in a, in a uh, again, like I said, a responsible fiduciary way. Um, I know that he's been very active uh, because as a pension, uh, uh, as, a, as, as a treasurer, you have shares in different uh, uh, stocks uh, in the market. And so he's been able to take his voice and become a very active shareholder. Uh, and, you know, I will also like to continue that um, uh, in a way where it doesn't hurt the pension fund at all. But there, there is opportunity for, uh, you know, to insert on issues that are important and critical to Rhode Islanders. And, you know, uh, you know, the, the issue on guns is, is, is concerning. Uh, you know, Visa, MasterCard allow uh, transactions to happen on ghost guns, and we know that's uh, very dangerous uh, for, for, you know, communities across the state that uh, see ghost guns on the street and are being used in a way that is hurting people. And, and I can't tell you, uh, you know, being the mayor of Central Falls, the worst calls I would get is when someone would be shot or killed and, you know, having to deal with the emotions of the family uh, is devastating. And, uh, you know, we just need, again, responsible uh, 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 activism so that, you know, these tragedies don't happen. The uh, general treasurer's race, um, I'm glad you're here because uh, we want to hear about this because we have... A primary with a crowded uh, field of candidates for governor, and they are loaded with money. Uh, <laughs> governor McKee's got a lot of dough, and and then Helena Fox, uh, she's uh, got plenty, and and Nellie, she's complaining that she doesn't quite have enough, but uh, but they have been inundating the uh, television uh, and radio uh, stations in Rhode Island, and uh, sometimes the general treasurer's race. Uh, and secretary, you know, all the other races kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, one of the uh, stories in the paper says that your opponent has got a financial advantage over you. Uh, and I suppose being on a program like this is one way to get the message out. But um, are you feeling the pressure of not being able to, uh, to get the message out uh, of the general treasurer's uh, race because of so much activity in the gubernatorial race. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a challenge, and as you said, it's an exciting primary at the governor's level. Uh, we we know very well that um, you know the down ballot races um, will get less attention, and so we're working really hard from a grassroots levels to get the message out there and to show that we're the better candidate. You know, uh, my opponent. Uh, is not from Rhode Island. He just moved here about uh, seven years ago uh, because he was offered the job as Commerce Secretary. And so, when you look at his uh, his his donations uh, to his campaign, seventy percent of it comes from out of state. And so, uh, we're dealing with that. But again, I think we are comfortable and confident that the people of Rhode Island will select a Rhode Islander who will care. And we'll go the extra mile for them every single day uh, to ensure the best quality of life of the state. So you're the local guy, huh? I'm the local guy. <laughs> right. Um, what about endorsements? Uh, I know that uh, Bill Lynch um, uh, has um, endorsed you. Uh, and, um, and I'm not quite sure whether uh, endorsements from, uh, from union, union folks are, are important, but maybe they are. Um, I, you know, for myself, I'm voting in the uh, election. Incidentally, I'm voting on election day, not early voting. We can talk about that in a half a second. But um, I'm, I'm voting on who I want to be uh, the best candidate for, uh, for general treasurer and not who endorses me. But 
I know endorsements are important to people, both financially and also uh, some of the membership says if uh, Bill Lynch uh, says he's okay, then he's okay with me. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're good to have. You know, I've been I've been fortunate enough to have the the endorsement of Governor McKee and different unions and different people who have served served in, in, in good capacity and, and done good work. But uh, the the best endorsement uh, will be September 13th by the people of Rhode Island. And that's my primary focus is meeting, interacting, discussing the issues and showing my platform uh, that that will, again, encourage voting uh, for James Diosa as treasurer. That's the most important endorsement I'm looking for. All right. Do you mind if we take a few commercial? Well, I'm saying do you mind? We have to take a few, uh, few commercial breaks here, a few of our sponsors. Some of these ads I do um, live in the studio, James, so um, bear with me, and um, and then we'll get back to asking you, um, is there uh, anything in the general treasurer's office beyond the pension fund? <laughs> yeah. And some of these uh, some of these people um, over the years, um, I've been doing this since 1983. What year were you born, James? Uh, 85. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, the, so, therefore... We've had a few general treasurers walk through uh, the studios. And some of them, um, in addition to uh, managing the state's money, have this project here, uh, this project that we'll talk in a moment. Honey Shop is um, next on the agenda. Honey Shop is a business here in Woonsocket. This, uh, and do they sell honey? Yes, they do. All right, uh, we've established that. They, sue, they sell honey. They're at 1300 Upper Park Avenue in Woonsocket, gourmet foods, health foods, natural remedies. And uh, a lot of the things that we sell, we manufacture. But we've also, in the last uh, year and a half or so, had these seminars done right at the honey shop on Park Avenue. And I want to tell you about a few of them coming up. These are workshops. They're short, a couple of hours. But uh, they tell you how to do things. Like, for instance, coming this fall... We're going to have a how to make solar-powered Halloween or fall wreaths. We'll have another uh, workshop on on how to make uh, pumpkin butter or apple butter. It's a process. We'll show you how to do it. Another one on sour dough, learning to make uh, calzones and um, and spinach pie or something like that. And we also have advanced pasta classes on how to make uh, pasta. And uh, also making hard cider. You have to be 21 and over to learn that. And how to do canning at home. All conducted by the Honey Shop. If you'd like more information on dates and prices of uh, some of these uh, workshops, call the Honey Shop at 766-1488. 766-1488. All right, that's uh, one of our advertisements. And... Um, Let's see. I think we're going to tell you about, um, uh, look, uh, yes, yeah, Scott McGee. Uh, he uh, is a real estate guy here in uh, the Woonsocket area, and he'd like to sell your house. Scott McGee from the Stearns McGee team is ready. Whether you're buying or selling a home or just curious about the local market conditions, Scott would love to offer his services to you. He knows the local community, both as an agent and a neighbor, and can help you guide through the nuances of the current real estate market. So let Scott work hard for you. Your real estate experience will be memorable and enjoyable. You can reach him directly at 401-639-2906. Thank you. Uh, last week had a nice uh, conversation with uh, Jill uh, Moylan, and they, she represents uh, Savini's Italian Kitchen and Bar here in Woonsocket on uh, Rathman Street, 476 Rathman Street. And I'm looking at uh, some of the chef specials going on here in the month of August over at uh, Savini's. And on the appetizer thing, uh, we've got uh, the... Uh, the fried clams. And, and for those of you who, um, like myself, I don't like to order a fried clam plate because after I have two or three or four fried clams, I've had, uh, I've had it, you know. And so now they have it as an appetizer where you can get a smaller portion and, uh, and say, I've had my fried clams. Now I'd like to go on to my uh, lobster stuffed ravioli or something, right? So check out the menu at uh, Savini's Pomodoro Kitchen and Bar. And the thing we want to mention is uh, they're, they're featuring right now, and they're pretty happy about it, the porchetta 
at 20 bucks. So this is braised pork with a fennel and garlic and oregano with potatoes and the daily fresh vegetable. It's called the Porchettas, and it's on the menu, and it's just one of the chef specials at Savini's. So I hope you stop in and uh, enjoy them. And when can you stop in? Well, today being Friday, they'll be open at noontime throughout the day, and the same for Saturday and Sunday. They close Monday and Tuesday, open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4. Today, again, at noontime for lunch or for uh, mid-afternoon dinner. You'll enjoy your dining experience at Savini's here in Woonsocket. Let me look at my schedule here, make sure I've taken care of my announcements. I have one more to do, and then we'll uh, resume our conversation with uh, James. And um, let's see, who are, who are we going to do here? Um, oh, yes, Thunder Mist here in Woonsocket reminds you that it's uh, back to school and time for immunizations. Are your kids ready for back to school? Kids need immunizations before kindergarten and middle school. Visit Thundermist Health Center this summer so your kids are ready for school this fall. Children need to see their health care provider every year and stay up to date on immunizations and screenings. Call 401-767-4100 to schedule an appointment today. The COVID-19 vaccine is available for children ages 6 months and older. Don't have insurance? No problem. We offer a sliding scale fee based on income and family size visit thundermas 450 clinton street winsocket rhode island all right thank you so let's get back you're listening to wnri's upfront a radio internet talk show now let's get back to the panel sometimes i think i bit off more than i can chew here uh, but i do have until november to uh to call and meet with all these uh, candidates I'll give you an example. Uh, in Senate Race 20 here in Woonsocket, we still have yet uh, to schedule our interviews, but they're facing each other in the November election, so I, I don't have to do it before the primary. Senator, uh, Senator Roger Picard and his uh, challenger, Jonathan uh, Renzendes. Mr. Renzendes, the uh, Republican, and Mr. Picard, the Democrat. They're still to come on the program. And then we're trying to do the city council races, too, and... Um, and state representative races. We're going to uh, do one of the interviews on Representative District 51. This is where uh, Bob Phillips has been uh, holding that post for a number of, uh, of years. Well, he is getting challenged in the primary, like, uh, like Mr. Uh, Diosa has to deal with, and I guess Mr. Pryor. Uh, he's getting challenged by Marlene uh, Gay. And Marlene will be with us on Tuesday, so we um, will chat with her. And then uh, eventually we'll chat again with uh, Mr. Phillips. And uh, they'll face off in the primary, and we'll see uh, uh, whether Bob Phillips can hold on to that seat in his uh, district. He uh, thinks that he can. He thinks he's got a track record. Marlene thinks that she's uh, a good challenger, and we'll chat with her on Tuesday's program. And we'll have other announcements uh, throughout the week of other guests joining us. All right. How are we doing over there, Mr. James? Doing well. Doing well. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. All right. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, so we're uh, chatting about um, the Rhode Island General Treasurer's race, and uh, you would like to uh, occupy that, uh, that seat. And so um, you can't go to work 9 to 5, uh, Monday through Friday, thinking about the pension plan. So uh, do, do you see... Uh, the general treasurer's office, uh, maybe uh, as uh, I'll just take over from Mr. Magaziner and continue all his own programs, or uh, I see a few other things I'd like to do with that office. Yeah, this office is, uh, does more than just manage the pensions. Uh, a few examples of that is, you know, we bond uh, for school construction, and so that's a very active role that I want to continue, which is uh, ensuring that we're not only building brand new schools, but remodeling schools so that teachers and our students have the best environments to learn and teach in. There's also the infrastructure bank that cities and towns uh, do enjoy, which is low interest loans uh, and helps out with their infrastructure needs, sidewalks, roads, uh, you name it. Uh, this is a good program for cities and towns to take advantage. And we, you know, as uh, taxpayers, we love good roads and good sidewalks. And so being a former mayor, I'm going to make sure to 
push as much money into the communities so that we have uh, good infrastructure around the state. Uh, but there are other opportunities where, you know, there's this bank local program where it gives uh, support to local banks to give out loans to businesses uh, in, in their communities. And this is an important step so that we can continue strengthening our, our, our small business community, which is the backbone of Rhode Island, uh, so that they can get a loan to either expand, grow, uh, uh, or make other investments into their business. That's an important program that I, w- I want to continue expanding on. And then there are th- two other ones. One is the Victims Compensation Program, which gives money to those victims of, of violence, uh, domestic violence, and you know that's a sensitive issue uh, in many of our communities. And during those devastating times, uh, the Treasurer's Office can provide some relief uh, by giving uh, uh, money to, to the victims so that they can get back on their feet. And this is a, another popular program, which is the unclaimed property. Uh, we all like to find money uh, uh, that's ours. And so bringing this program around the state so that people who otherwise do not know that they had to close the bank account or money in a company that uh, has decided to move the money back into the state can uh, get their money back into their pocket. And this is exactly what the Unclean Property Program does. And I want to continue doing that, but bringing it to the people in all 39 cities in town. So it's a very active office. Um, and I want to continue building on the professionalism of the current treasurer, uh, but also uh, take on a very uh, active local approach to these programs. And I, I will end that having the municipal experience and dealing with pensions, I also want to use my office to create a GO team which will assist cities and towns where we're called upon uh, to uh, ensure advice on their pension funds. And and, and, in the occasion that they want to do what Central Falls has done in West Warwick where they want to move their pension fund into the state, so long as they get the unions, the city council, and the executive on board, we can do just that. But that's a that's my approach to this office. What makes me more unique is that I'm a bottoms-up type of guy, and so I want to work with all 39 cities and towns, make them stronger, um, because I believe if all 39 cities and towns are strong, our state is strong. Unclaimed property. Well, uh, we're going to bring that up eventually. And um, in, you know, if you... Here in Woonsocket, we're right on the border, so if you listen to any Massachusetts stations, uh, unclaimed property is a big advertisement on radio and television there. The general treasurer has spent uh, some uh, some dollars uh, advertising it here at the WNRI. But in my travels, that seems to be, uh, if uh, there's a state office called general treasurer, that seems to be um, where you can make the most friends and uh, and make the the people happy because uh, they you found unfound money. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very popular. And just like you know, when we're going through our laundry and we find a, a dollar bill or a few dollar bills, and you know, you get excited. But this is this is a good program to get out there. And I would add that you know, as the treasurer, you have an important uh, seat at the Rhode Island Housing. A board, and you know we're we're dealing with a real housing crisis, and I know that Governor McKee, the Speaker, and the Senate President have done a good job, you know, investing money, creating a housing czar, making this a priority. But I want to continue expanding on that because uh, people are being priced out. We're starting to see bidding wars for apartments, uh, and it's a it's a concern. We want people to have a clean, safe home. And that impacts everything from education to the workforce and, more importantly, mental health and health. And so that, that would be another priority of mine to ensuring that we continue building upon uh, the strategy of Governor McKee. So, um, so you and the governor are, um, shall we say, co-supporters of each other. He's endorsing you. You're endorsing him. Yes. Uh-huh. How did you uh, – is it um – is it what we call that Blackstone Valley connection? You know, when the governor comes here, he says, well, you know, I started a business here in Woonsocket. I live in Cumberland, uh, so on and so forth. Is that uh, the connection between uh, the mayor of uh, Pawtucket to the mayor of Woonsocket? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's uh, a relationship uh, that was built 
based on our positions, you know, him being the mayor of Cumberland at the time, I, the mayor of Central Falls. And, you know, there's, there's uh, a, a level of respect uh, for people who have served as mayors because you're literally on the front lines uh, for everything, whether it's snow plowing, trash removal, or dealing with a pandemic, as I did in the last year of office. And so being on the front lines, you can't punt the issues to another agency or to another level of government. You, you have to deal with it straight on. And I think that's where the mutual bond between the governor and I are because uh, we, like, we love to roll up our sleeves, uh, get to work. We love to be innovative. But more importantly, we like to uh, know that we're making a difference in people's lives. And that's the, I, I think, the true inspiration for wanting to continue to serve in public office, him as governor and I as general treasurer. Unrelated to your race uh, for uh, general treasurer, and knowing that uh, most of our listeners are in Boroughville, North Smithfield, Lincoln, Cumberland, and Woonsocket, and a uh, few in Central Falls and a few in Pawtucket. Anyway, knowing that, uh, could I ask you about whether you, um, and Governor McKee has spoken about this, whether as a mayor of Central Falls uh, and being a Blackstone Valley uh, guy, whether you felt that uh, maybe past administrations just uh, didn't know that the Blackstone Valley existed, you know, and and and, uh, and so finally we have a governor that's from the Blackstone Valley, maybe a general treasurer from there too. Yeah, look, I I think what was special uh, during my years as mayor is uh, I think the the Blackstone Valley mayors grew very close and realized one very important thing is that. When we unified behind an issue, things got done. So one prime example is, uh, you know, Pawtucket and Central Falls really wanted the commuter rail station. And we were able to get the Blackstone Valley mayors to sign on to a letter to uh, make the ask of the governor and the, and the legislature and the congressional delegation. And I think one of the biggest reasons why we have this station is because it was a unified voice. Uh, on that front to push this project forward. Same thing with uh, during the pandemic. Uh, you know, uh, testing stations were being opened all across the state, but nothing in the Blackstone Valley. We all got behind uh, the podium and asked uh, for a testing station to happen, and it opened up in Pawtucket and Central Falls. You're right. You know, uh, you know, Central Falls and the Blackstone Valley uh, gets overlooked a lot, but now with Governor McKee there, uh, and again, it goes back to his his days as mayor. He's fair. Uh, he believes in the same philosophy I do. If we make important investments in every thir- in e- each and every 39 cities and towns, we're all going to be better for it. And that's, I think, a philosophy of being a mayor, that we truly believe that if we make our cities and towns stronger, our state is stronger. Not one region, not one city, not you know, one specific area or whatever, we believe equally that investment should happen in every community. So I'll take a phrase uh, that you just used, and we'll all be better off for it. So let's apply it to early voting. Will we all be better off for it? Or uh, is, um, or, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with saying 20 days, early voting is too much, 10 days is okay, or uh, I don't know, what, where, where do you stand on this? I, I think that, you know, for for people to have the ability to vote early or through mail ballots um, is a, a decision for the voter to make. Uh, the, you know, there's no longer the excuse that uh, they couldn't go vote on election day because they had uh, to run errands or or um, or occupy with other things. I believe voting is sacred. Uh, it's important. Uh, it's what allows, uh, you know, good leaders to get elected and empowers the voice of the people. And so given uh, the ability uh, for options to go vote uh, is important to me. We are at the end of our interview. So uh, we uh, usually, if we have time, and we do, a few seconds here, uh, give our candidate a chance just in case they miss the whole show and they're just dying, you know. Who is this guy we're talking to? His name is James Diosa. 
running for general treasurer. It's almost like you're knocking on their door and saying, I'm James. Absolutely. Uh, so vote for me because because of what? Yeah, look, uh, uh, I'm a lifelong Rhode Islander, born and raised uh, in Central Falls. I went through the public school systems. Uh, being a first generation, I was able to graduate from high school, graduate from college, become mayor of my hometown and, uh, you know, through my tested leadership as a chief executive officer and being able to manage budgets, manage personnel, manage the pensions in Central Falls, I believe uh, these qualifications and tested leadership will allow me to be a treasurer for all uh, with uh, transparency, honesty, and more importantly, integrity uh, to serve uh, not only for the retirees, the pension members, but the taxpayers, I want to look out for everyone so that we're ensuring that the treasurer's office is serving the people of Rhode Island to enhance the quality of life in Rhode Island. And being a lifelong Rhode Islander, that's my main objective by running for this office as general treasurer. And just remember, James, when you leave, that we didn't do any pop-up quizzes here on this show, which was unfair to both you and to uh, Stephen Pryor. <laughs> I don't know exactly know what that's all about, yeah. uh, but uh, I did see that, and I said, I'm very uncomfortable yeah. with that. But none yeah. of that here. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. And uh, Wasak, it's a special place. You know, uh, during college, uh, I sold ice cream in Wasaka in an ice cream truck for Pelagis. And so, Is that right? Yeah, that was, that was a right. good time. And then after college, I uh -huh. had a job uh, at Hamlet Middle School, uh, and you know, I was yeah. a college crusade advisor. And so I know Wasaka pretty well. Well, I sold, a, I sold ice cream on an ice cream truck, too, when I was young. And I ate so much of the product. <laughs> I got kid uh, a calcium kidney stone oh, from it. Oh, jeez. I think so you, you, you ate into your profits. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Hey, thank you very much. Thank hey, you. All right. We, um, we want to thank um, James for being with us, and we want to thank you for uh, spending time with us. Coming up next, our Focus on Law will be interviewing attorney Lynn Bufia-Kapiskis, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll have the Joe Show. I'm Roger Bouchard. Thanks for listening to the Upfront program. And uh, we'll see, I guess, so if you stay on the station, we'll see you in about five minutes with our uh, legal questions. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Socket. It is 9 o'clock, and here are your top headlines from the Salem Radio News.